Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. And today we have a very exciting episode because we're going to tell you how you can cut your mortgage down and have it paid off in about one third the time. Typically, that's going to be five to seven years, but it could be seven to nine. In either case, it's going to be about one third of the time. Our goal here is to share the knowledge and methods of actually owning your properties and your home mortgage-free much sooner than you imagined. So think about this interesting statistic. In 1929, only 2% of Americans had a mortgage on their home. In 1962, 98% of Americans had a mortgage on their home. That's a huge difference. So take a look at the history of mortgages in America, and you'll start to understand why this has changed so radically. Do you know where the idea of the amortization concept came from? It was actually developed after the Great Depression as a way to stimulate home ownership and, of course, banks' profitability. You know, that is still true today. Until that time, most loans were five years and interest only, and then they had a balloon payment at the end of the five-year term. Bankers didn't determine that payments you know, were a problem. They thought that those monthly payments were actually the biggest hindrance to someone owning a home. So what they did is they dragged out the mortgage for as long as they possibly could to generate these low monthly payments. And that made home ownership and affordability much, much easier. So initially they stretched it out to 10 year loans. That's what was common. And then 20 and then 30 year loans. And that seems to be the norm today. But for some of you, if you remember back in you know the mid-2000s, we saw 40 and even 50-year loan amortizations, which is just absolutely crazy. Because if you think about it, the longer that term, the more interest you're paying to the bank over the course or the life of that loan. So really, at the end of the day, who's winning there? Is it you or is it the bank? You know, Your lower monthly payment is given up in lieu of much, much larger interest payments. So today, I mean... Would you buy a $250,000 home and pay $500,000 for it? Well, of course you'd say no, but that's exactly what you're doing when you finance a property. Now, don't get me wrong. I think 30-year fixed rate mortgages are great because it's good debt. It allows you to acquire a larger portfolio of rental properties than you could if you were buying all cash. So leverage is, is a wonderful thing if it's used properly, and real estate is a great vehicle to allow you to do that. But you have to understand that there's a cost involved. And of course, your tenant is actually paying the mortgage off for you, not you. So your tenant is buying the property for you. And that's okay. You know, you just build a portfolio you use as much leverage as you can with the capital you have to invest, build the portfolio as large as you can, have your tenants pay it off, accelerate the payments if you want, but you'll build up a portfolio and a large cash flow over time. That's the theme of the show. But, you know, there's a, an unknown author that, that was quoted to say, there are two kinds of people in the world, those who understand interest and those who don't. Those who understand it, receive it. Those who don't, pay it. If you stop and ponder that for a minute, you really start to think about ways that you know you could turn this around and to your advantage. So the fact is, is on average, 42% of Americans' income goes towards paying interest. That's a lot. So why are we surprised that Americans today are retiring broke? Did you know that 95% of the people today in the country that are age 65 and older do not have enough discretionary income to write a check for $600?
That's an unbelievable statistic. The average worker earns between $1 and $2 million in the course of their lifetime. Yet, despite all that income, most Americans retire dependent on the government or in Social Security or on someone else. So where do you fit in that scale or that pyramid? Will you be the 1% that hits it at the top and you retire wealthy? Do you really think that Social Security will even offer any significant income, any kind of peace of mind? I mean, it's hard to fathom. I mean, Social Security is effectively broke by their own admission. I mean, you could go online and look at their forecasts for the years projected forward and see how solvent they are. They're insolvent. That's probably another big bank bailout or federal bailout waiting to happen. So you need to take control because out of 100 Americans at age 65, only 1% retire wealthy, 4% will be well off, 5% still have to work, 54% will still need family or government assistance, and of course, you know, unfortunately, the other 36% are passed away. And here's a big eye-opener for you. This is actually directly from the U.S. Social Security Administration. And I quote, Social Security's current annual cash surpluses will soon begin to decline and then turn into rapidly growing cash deficits toward the end of the next decade as the baby boomer generation retires. The growing annual cash deficits in both programs will lead to exhaustion in trust fund reserves for medical hospital insurance in 2019, that's only three years away, and for Social Security in 2042. So they are openly admitting that they will be completely broke on or before 2042. Not very encouraging. So even if you could live off Social Security, it may not actually even be there by the time you get to retirement age. So the good news is you can take control of your financial future. And one of the great vehicles, in fact, probably the best vehicle to do that is through income producing real estate rental properties. Build yourself a portfolio of real estate that pays for itself, that generates cash flow, and you can do it. And if you want to take that well-proven formula for wealth creation and cash flow and put it on steroids, one way to do that is to accelerate, quote-unquote, the mortgage payments. In other words, eliminate the mortgage payments in a short period of time. And what we're going to talk about is in one-third the time. So let's find out how to do that, and we'll be back in a few seconds. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. It's my pleasure to welcome Jordan Goodman to the show. Jordan is known as America's Money Answer Man. He is a nationally recognized expert on personal finance. He is also the author and co-author of 13 best-selling books on personal finance, including Master Your Debt. And he is a regular guest on numerous radio and television call-in shows answering questions on personal financial topics. He appears frequently on The View, Fox News Network, Fox Business Network, CNN, CNBC, and the CBS Evening News. Jordan, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Marco. It's a pleasure having you here. I'm uh, pretty excited about today's topic because this is something that I think is going to draw a lot of people's attention. Everybody wants to be debt-free, and when it comes to their principal residence, when it comes to their rental properties, it's pretty enticing to think that you could be mortgage-free in five to seven years. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we go there, tell us about yourself and your background. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, I've been a financial journalist for over 35 years. 
Uh, I was at Money Magazine for 18 years, uh, NBC News for nine years, a regular on Marketplace on public radio for six years. As you said, I've done 13 books on different financial topics, including the one we're talking about today, Master Your Debt. My website is moneyanswers.com. I've got all kinds of links and videos. I take emails from people. I'm on radio shows. I'm on TV shows. I give speeches. I'm kind of a personal finance Pied Piper, I guess you might say, and just love to help people expose them to ideas they might not have heard about before. And this whole concept we're going to talk about today, which I like to call mortgage equity optimization, is really life transforming. Be able to take control of your financial situation, pay your mortgage off literally 25 years faster than you ever thought possible on your existing level of income. By now, you've got everybody's ears perked. They're wondering, how in the heck can you do this? But before we get into the how it works details, let's uh, let's kind of lead up to this a little bit. I've seen this program. I was actually originally exposed to this back in 2005-ish. Mm-hmm. Back then, these people referred to it as a mortgage accelerator. Okay, they didn't call it equity optimization, yes. but you mm-hmm. know, I can understand why you call it equity optimization. So the idea of being mortgage free is, is is very enticing, and it's been around for a long, long time. In fact, as far as I know, this originated in Australia. And Correct. It's, and it's in pretty, the late nineties. Correct. Right, and it's actually pretty popular in Australia and the UK. In fact, if I think I read a statistic that one in four people who have mortgages in those countries are actually doing some form of equity optimization. Yeah, if, you, if you're in Australia, this is the normal way you do things, <laughs> and what we do is very abnormal. So maybe one in four now have it, but as far as new mortgages, 50 to 60% of all new mortgages use this optimization strategy, correct? In Australia, and it's in Hong Kong, Canada, Britain, all kinds of places. The United States, it's not as widely known because the banks have no interest in telling you about it. They like the situation just the way it is right now, which is you take out a 30-year mortgage and all the interest is pretty much up front. The first 10 to 15 years, you're making very, very little progress in the principal. And even better from the bank's point of view is then you refinance and you start another 30-year clock all over again. And even though your rate and payment are down a little bit, you've just thrown away all that interest you paid for however many years and start a new 30-year clock all over again. So the banks have no interest in actually helping the customer pay their mortgage off faster. They like the system just the way it is. If I remember my numbers correctly, I believe it's 19 years into a 30-year mortgage where you actually reach that midpoint, that midpoint of your equity pay down or the principal pay down. So that depends on the numbers, but something like that. And you're paying mostly interest for at least 10 years, something like that. And then towards the end, you start paying off the principal. What a lot of people do though, the average person I think keeps their mortgage for about seven years, either because they refinance or they move to another house. So they never get to the tipping point and they just keep paying interest for their whole life. Even worse, I mean, people who are older, say you're like 55 and it's, oh, rates have dropped. Let me refinance. So great. So you just got a lower rate and payment and now you're going to pay it off when you're 85. You know, that's no. The idea is to pay your mortgage off well before retirement and certainly by retirement. And a lot of people, because they refinanced in later years, are going into retirement with huge mortgages. Not a good idea. Well, you're just resetting the interest clock because when you do that, you're you're front-loading all the interest on that exactly. mortgage again. Yeah, that, now, the that, banks don't want to tell you that. Now, it's in the writing. When you sign a mortgage document, there's an amortization table right there, which nobody looks at, which shows you exactly how slowly you're paying off the mortgage principal. But you're so excited about you know getting a lower rate and payment that you kind of overlook that you've just thrown away tens of thousands of dollars of interest and you're about to start a new clock all over again. Correct. 
So this begs the question, why haven't more people heard about this? And I know you mentioned the banks. Well, of course, the banks don't want you to know about this. But the banks are not the first group of people that I would think that would be wanting to, you know, come out and tell you or not tell you about this. I would think that financial advisors or maybe even the media would want to talk about this. Why Why don't we hear about financial it? Financial advisors do not know about this. This is not taught in schools. I talked to a guy who was doing mortgage finance teaching at Wharton. He would not heard about this. <laughs> it's like you'd be surprised at how many highfalutin people don't know about these things at all. So no, financial advisors for the most part have no clue about this whatsoever. And the media somewhat – I mean I've been talking about this for at least 10 years. I did a book about it in 2010 called Master Your Debt. That's really the first time it had ever been written up in the media. And I'm a financial journalist and I'm dealing with these media people all the time. Most of them have never heard about this before. And when you describe it to them, it's like, well, why haven't I heard about that before? <laughs> well, you're just talking to banks all day. And it's a new idea to them as well. So it's it's quite amazing. It's As you say, it's around the, the world. But in the United States, it's still relatively well not well known. But your listeners are going to be in a tremendous advantageous situation because they're going to find out about it for themselves. All right. So some people are probably thinking – this sounds too good to be true. And, and, yep, and they always do. Yeah. And, and when I looked at this initially, I thought the same thing. I thought, how is that possible? And when you really lift the hood and look under and dissect it, it really makes a lot of sense. But it's all math. OK, it is. It's, it's what I call it's math, not magic. It's math. It's absolutely math. And when people think about accelerating their mortgage payment, paying down the principal quicker so they can eliminate that mortgage, the common methods that come to mind are making extra principal, principal payments. payments. So Correct. you just pay, you know, if you've got a $500 monthly payment, you, you pay $550 or $600. And that really makes an, an effect. It really... It'll help so. some, but yeah. it'll cut, whatever, two or three years off your mortgage, not 25 years. Yeah. So okay. there, there's, there's really three methods that I know of outside of equity optimization. There's the extra principal payments. There's the two payments per year extra. And then everybody's oh, bi weekly. You pay every other week. Well, basically. no, that's the third one. There's the bi weekly. Okay. And that's what that's what I think what most people are are familiar with. They make yes. 52 payments a year or excuse me, uh, 30, 26, tw right. 26 payments per year. So they're, they're paying bi weekly. And again, and what that, that means is you're making 13 mortgage payments a year instead of 12. Correct. In effect. So it's nice. It, that'll cut two or three years off your mortgage, maybe. But again, nothing close to 25. Okay, so before we talk about how it works, I want to compare and contrast this to making the extra sure. monthly payment. I actually went and pulled out a mortgage calculator. I took a $100,000 loan, and I said, okay, what happens if I make $100 per month extra towards the principal? What does it mm -hmm. do to the loan? And what it does is it shaves $30,400 off the interest, and it reduces it to 8.7 years, which is still pretty amazing. That's great. That's fine. And I'm all my goal here is to help people pay their mortgages off faster. Okay. So that's fine. The one thing about that is a traditional mortgage is what I like to call a one way mousetrap. You can put money in it, but you can't take money out, right? You can't write a check on your mortgage. Okay. Right? So you have no liquidity. So when you give them that $100 extra a month, that's it. You can't get it back out to spend on bills or anything else. That's right. Okay. So it helps you whatever, 10 years, 20 years, 15 years, you know, in the future. But right now, it cuts your monthly cash flow because that's $100 you do not have now to spend or invest. Okay. 
And right. I just want to correct uh, something I miss. I misspoke on. The eight point seven years is the savings in time, not the length of time it would be. It paid didn't off. make sense to me. There was yeah, short. yeah, yeah. So that means your thirty mortgage is twenty two years or whatever, twenty three years. Yep. Compared to thirty, that's good. But I think five to seven is even better. It's much better. So I'm just reading my chicken scratch. So okay, so let's talk about how it works. Explain okay. to us how equity optimization works. Okay, so I'm going to contrast equity optimization with the traditional model. The traditional model is you keep the money you've got sitting in a checking account, like your paycheck and dividends and whatever interest you're getting in this, the checking account, sitting there earning nothing. You make the same payment for 30 years or 15 years, depending on the mortgage you've got, as we said, with all the interest front-end loaded. Okay, that's the traditional system. So notice how that's working for the bank on both sides. You keep them your money for free sitting in the checking account, which they're taking and lending out and earning money on it. And then the interest is all front and loaded, so they make plenty of interest for many, many years before you start making much progress in the principal. That's the traditional system, okay? Equity optimization completely reverses the table, and now you, the consumer, are in control. So here's how it works. You use a home equity line of credit, H-E-L-O-C, which is called a HELOC, which is a liquid line against your house as a second mortgage. You're not going to touch your first you're going to pay your first off faster, but you get a HELOC on the equity you've got in the house. You use that HELOC, in effect, as a checking account, and that becomes your central account. Instead of having your money sitting in the checking account earning nothing, you keep your money, your paycheck, and other things in that HELOC, and every day that goes by, you push the principal down a little bit. Now, HELOCs are based on what's called average daily balance. How much do you owe today? So if you put money, which would normally be sitting in the checking account, not earning interest because they're at zero today, you have the same money in the HELOC not paying interest, right? Because you every day they look at how much you owe, you're going to owe less because the money is sitting in there. So literally every day that goes by, your principal is going down on that mortgage at an accelerating rate as you pay your mortgage off faster. Okay, that's hard for people to imagine, but that's the way it works. And so that's the basic principle is you're using that HELOC, you're paying off your first in big chunks. You pay off the HELOC in six months, nine months, however long it takes, then you do it again, you pay off your first in chunks, and depending on how the numbers work out, five, six, seven years, your first is completely paid off, you pay off the HELOC, you are now mortgage-free. That's kind of an overview of how the whole thing works. Does that make sense? In part, I guess the part that I'm missing here is the bridge between starting off with just a mortgage, no HELOC, and getting that HELOC. Once you get that HELOC, that home equity line of credit, let's just say you get it for $100,000. Okay. It's a revolving line of credit, so you haven't used it yet. It's basically set up, but it's it, there's nothing owed because you've got a zero balance on that $100,000 line. Are you saying that when you get that $100,000 HELOC that you're maxing it out and applying that $100,000 towards the mortgage or? Towards your first, correct. So what, what is the size of your first? Let's just, you, you tell me a number you like. Well, let's, I, I'm here in Southern California. So let's just say someone has a $500,000 mortgage okay. and they go out and get a $100,000 HELOC. Okay. So they're owing 600 and the house is worth whatever, 800, whatever it may be. Okay. But let's say you've got a 500 first and you took out a hundred second. Okay. And your 500 first is really good. It's like 3.5%, very, very low interest rate, okay? So here's how, the, here's how you're going to do it. So I'm going to actually take you step-by-step step how this whole thing would work. So you've got your first 500,000, 3.5%, great mortgage. You take out the HELOC for 100,000. 
And then it's now, as you said, free and clear. You just open the thing up. You write a check on the $100,000 HELOC towards your first. Okay, so now you haven't added any debt. You've just shifted part of it from the first to the second. So you still owe 500 total. You just owe 400 in the first and 100 in the HELOC. Right? You with me? Right. So far, so okay. good. So now you use the HELOC on which you owe 100000 kind of as your checking account. So I'm just doing a super oversimplified example. But say you had $1,000 that you just got in a paycheck. Normally, you'd be keeping it in a checking account. You get paid. It goes into your checking account. You electronically transfer it to your HELOC. So instead of owing 100000 you now owe 99000 Right? You just paid it down by $1,000 for that day. Right? Right. So the HELOC company takes a look and says, ah, well, yesterday we charged them interest on 100000 Today we're going to charge them interest on 99000 Right? So your interest goes down a little bit because you owe less principal. Okay. Okay? That's happening during the month. All the income you've got is going into that HELOC, pushing the principal down at a regular basis. And then you pay your bills out of the HELOC. Okay? So your balance is going down, 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 down. One day a month, it goes up when you pay your bills. So the best way to do this is actually have all your bills charge on one credit card. And hopefully you get some frequent fly miles when you're on that credit card yeah. on the airline of your choice. Okay, you, your utility bills, your food bills, your, what, all the bills on one credit card. So basically, you pay one bill a month is what it comes down to. Okay, So every day during the month, you're making progress on your principal – and the one day a month when that credit card bill is due, you pay the credit card electronically and your balance is going to go up by the amount of the credit card. Okay? But your money is working for you every day, pushing that principal down. Okay? And the next month, the same thing. So you keep adding $1,000. You keep adding whatever income's coming in. Get all that money, pushing down that principal every day. And in six months, nine months, however the numbers work out, you have paid off that $100,000 HELOC down to zero. Okay. Okay. So now you still owe four hundred, or maybe a little less than four hundred on your first. Remember, you haven't made hardly any progress at all on that. Now you do it again. Now you write another check on the HELOC for hundred towards the first. Now instead of owing four hundred, you own three hundred. Do the same thing. Pay the HELOC off after six months, nine months, however long it takes. Do it again. You're now to the two hundred. Do it again. Hundred. Do it again. You know your your first is now paid off. You pay off the HELOC. Depending on how the numbers work, five, six, seven years, you are completely debt-free. You see how your money is working for you instead of the bank. Your checking account is pretty much zero. Your mortgage balance is going down at an accelerating rate. And your HELOC is going down at an accelerating rate because all your money is working for you every day, pushing down that principle. The way I like to put it is instead of having your money in a checking account not earning interest, your money is in the HELOC not paying interest. Got that it. makes sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I can see how that works now, and your HELOC becomes essentially your central checking account. Correct, which is completely liquid. You can put money in. You can take it out whenever you like. Okay? But the main thing is your money is sitting there. It's pushing down your principal every day because it's based on average daily balance. And what people end up doing is they find other money that's sticking around doing nothing, normally sitting in the checking account or savings account is also zero, it's like, wow, if I put that towards the HELOC, it'll pay it off that much faster. So it really motivates people to find, oh, I had this old 401k I forgot about, or you know, I've got uh, savings bonds, or 
stuff you know, in, the, in the mattress, wherever it may be. That money's sitting there doing nothing for you. But now it's you're actively making it work for you by pushing down your principal balance literally every day. So does this increase your net monthly payments, your bill payments? Because you, nope. you, your, your bills are going to be the same. You're, set, you're paying the same bills, but you're, you're saving money because you are now paying less and less interest every month, right? Your balance is going down faster and faster. Right. After that first month, or well, after the first nine months, say, you paid off the $100,000 HELOC the first time. So you now owe 400000 in debt instead of 500000 after nine months. Okay, if you just do the traditional system, you wouldn't get to four hundred thousand for like twelve years or something. What I'm right? thinking of is your your aggregate monthly payments. So you still have that principal interest payment on the first on the Correct. mortgage, Correct. But, but now you also have a payment, a monthly payment on the HELOC. It's the same total amount of debt, although debt's going down faster. But that's correct. Now notice what happened on your first payment. Okay, I'm making up a number. Say you're Payment on five hundred thousand is three thousand a month. Doesn't matter what it is. Okay. Now, when it's, you're doing three thousand a month on five hundred, it's almost all interest. Now you've paid it down to four hundred instead of five hundred, right? With that first hundred thousand dollar HELOC, you're still making the same three thousand dollar payment, but you're paying it on a four hundred thousand dollar loan instead of five hundred. So a lot more of that is going to principal. Well, I, principal. I I agree that you're paying down your principal faster, but Correct. your your monthly payment your Whatever that same. mortgage, yeah, that mortgage right. payment on the first doesn't change, but now you've Correct. added an additional payment th that you need to pay against that HELOC because now you're actually using the HELOC. So does that not increase your monthly aggregate It outflow? shouldn't work out that way. There are three things you need to make this work. Okay. First thing, you've got to have equity in your house. If you're underwater in your house, there's nothing to borrow against. You couldn't get a HELOC. So you have to have positive equity in your house. Second thing you need is a decent credit score, maybe 680 or higher to be able to qualify for the HELOC. And the third and most important thing you need is positive cash flow, okay? Because the more money coming in, the faster it's going to go down. So you have to have more money coming in than going out during the month, okay? So you're not adding bills. You're just moving your money in a much, much more efficient way to make progress on your principal much, much faster than you ever thought possible. You're using your cash flow, which normally is sitting there doing nothing for you for your benefit. Okay. Make sense? Yeah, <clears throat> makes sense. And, and then you want to link your HELOC with your checking account so it's free. You know, you move back and forth as you need it. You, you're typically not going to get your paycheck to be able to, to direct deposit into a HELOC. So your paycheck's directly deposited into your checking account, and then electronically you move it right into the HELOC. And then if you need it, you can move it back out. Or you can write checks on the HELOC as, as you will. So the principle here, the operative principle, is that you're paying this down based on terms, not because of the rate or the payment. Correct. Correct. So, you know, banks have you look in the wrong way. Banks have you say, what's the rate and what's the payment? And that's how they trick you into refinancing because you get a lower rate and lower payment. And you so-called are saving money. Okay. In fact, it's costing you a huge amount of money because you just start a new 30-year clock all over again. The question they do not want you to ask that's the real question you should ask is how fast do I pay off my principal? And the answer is very, very, very slowly on a traditional 30 or 15 year mortgage. Yeah. Whereas here, and you can see it. So this website that I'd want to recommend people actually implement this is, is called truthinequity.com. It's a free website. And at that website, you put in your numbers in what's called a personal profile. 
and you put in your income, your expenses, your value of your house, your first mortgage, all the different elements, and they say, based on what you're doing today, it's going to take you 28 and a half years to pay off your 30-year mortgage, whatever it may be. Using the numbers you just gave us, using optimization, you're going to pay your mortgage off in 5.3 years, whatever it comes out to be. And then they show you step-by-step step how to do it. So it's, it's not something in, in your mind. It's, as you said, it's math, okay? Depending on what numbers you put into the system, and the more positive cash flow you got going in there, the faster it gets paid off because that positive cash flow is what's pushing down that principle on a regular basis. The key to making this work is someone has to have good discipline and they need to know how to execute because you can't miss a monthly payment. You can't. Correct. You have to but be disciplined. A lot to do of this. it you can be automated. I mean, I agree with you. You have to pay attention, but a lot of the things can be automated. They really can. I mean, you can have the, the, that once a month credit card bill paid automatically, for example. You can have your monthly first mortgage payment paid automatically. You're paying it where? Out of the HELOC, right? Yep. You're keeping your checking account minimal. So, yes, it does take some attention, but what a payoff <laughs> to, to save literally 25 years off your mortgage. Now, I sent you a copy of my book called Master Your Debt, and if you have it there, I'm just going to show you on page 76 and 77, I actually have some tables showing you exactly how this would work. So on the, do you have the book with you there? Yeah, I'm opening it up right now. All right, on page 76, this shows a typical example of a $225,000 15-year mortgage, okay? And you'll notice it shows the income, the expenses, everything. It shows you your payment. In this case, is $1,808 a month for 15 years, goes all the way through. And then in the middle, it shows the accumulated interest over 15 years on that mortgage is $100,570, $100,000 basically. Okay, you with me? Yep. Okay, now in the next page, page 77, apples to apples, same people, same interest, same mortgage, same house, same everything, okay? But using this technique, you'll notice the payment is going down Every month, it starts at 643, ends up at 157, and then in five years, it's zero, and the accumulated interest over the five years is 22459 So instead of paying 100000 interest, you've paid 22000 interest over five years, and save, so you've saved yourself $78,000 in interest and yeah. 10 years off your mortgage with your existing level of income. Yeah. That's the proof right there. And if you want even more, the next page actually shows you the same thing on a 30-year mortgage. So take a look at page 78. Here's a $400,000 mortgage. So you, in this case, the payment is 2,462 for 30 years all the way through. In this case, the accumulated interest over 30 years is 486,000 on a $400,000 loan. In effect, you bought the house twice, basically. Yeah. For, for the house, 486,000 for the interest. Apples to apples, the page right next to it. Everything else is the same, and so on. Here, in this case, your accumulated interest over the is this about eight and a half years is one hundred and two thousand. So you paid off the mortgage in one hundred and two thousand in about eight and a half years versus four hundred and eighty six thousand over thirty years. Wow, that's the math right in front of you there. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. So as far as interest rates go, obviously the HELOC will be. You know, something it's a, it's, plus it's prime. Adjustable. Yeah, it's, it's prime plus something, and, and that will fluctuate. In some cases, you can even get prime minus or prime. Yeah, but 
it's going to be roughly the prime. Prime today is three and a half. So it's going to be in the three to four percent range, something like that. So does that interest rate even matter, or is there a breaking point where that interest rate on the HELOC could get up to a point it, it, where it, it doesn't, doesn't make- matter very much? Now, one of the things that's interesting is that when you do that truth and equity process, they will do an absolute, total, impossible worst case scenario. Rate today is three and a half percent on the HELOC, and we'll take the rate to ten percent tomorrow. Okay, which is like beyond impossible, but just for fun. All right. So you're going to see, oh, well, instead of paying it off in 5.6 years, I'll pay it off in 6.1 years or something like that. And the reason is the interest rate is being applied to less and less principal every day. So remember, your principal is dropping at an accelerating rate. So even if the interest rate goes up, it's being applied to less and less principal. So even though the rate is higher, it has hardly any impact because the principal is melting away so fast. Okay. So the interest rate is nice, not the most important thing. The most important thing is how fast do you pay off your principal. Okay, so here's a scenario. You know, I have a principal residence here in California with you mm-hmm. know, a large mortgage. And then I've got rental properties located in other states that have smaller mortgages. You know, they might average out to be eighty to $100,000. Yep. For someone listening to this show right now and they're in a similar situation where they have a principal residence and they've got a portfolio of rental properties, how do they decide which mortgage to accelerate and pay off first, second, third? See how powerful this is for a rental property, okay? In effect, what happens is you do a HELOC on your rental property, your tenants are paying off your mortgage much faster. So you become free and clear on those rental properties years faster than you're doing right now. Right, you get a commercial mortgage on those things, maybe it's what, 15, 20 years, something like that. If depending on your rents and how the numbers work, you can have that rental property paid off whatever, two, three, four years, depending on how the numbers work out. So you become free and clear on those, and then you can now you have extra equity, you can go and buy more rental properties. You can be building up a whole portfolio of rental properties that you're paying off faster and faster. And what's wonderful about that is your tenants are paying it off faster and they don't even know they're doing it. It's because you're moving the money in an efficient way. Right now, you keep your rents in a checking account earning nothing, and you have a traditional, whatever, 20-, 30-year mortgage. You're using the same technique. So you do both. Pay off your personal mortgage on your house you live in and pay off your rental properties using equity optimization. Okay, so let me ask you the same question but with a little more specific. Let's just say you can only get one HELOC. Let's just say you, you've got it on your principal residence and you've got okay. a small portfolio of rental properties that doesn't have enough equity to get you know, a second, a HELOC on. Yeah, okay? okay. So you're only working with one line of credit. In a scenario like that, how do you determine whether you should pay off your principal residence first or you know, one of your rental properties? Is there a formula well, to it, determine? Well, you'd have to, I mean, the truth and equity people would go through this in much more detail and see in your particular case what would be best. Okay. But I would pay off the one, the highest interest rate, and with the shortest amount of period to go. So you could pay it off faster. So if your rental properties are, you know, have a smaller mortgage, I'd just get them paid off first, have those things be free and clear as fast as possible. Okay. And then apply it towards your first uh, mortgage where you live. That's the way I would do it. I want those investment properties to be free and clear and be able to keep all the rent. And the only expenses I have are property taxes and insurance and you know upkeep kind of things. But yeah. what a difference it will make to have all those rental properties, which many people, as you're right, it can be leveraged to the hilt. 
yeah have that be positive cash flow much much quicker excellent fascinating stuff so i th- i think if people want more information they should what would be better picking up your well, book well they could or? go to my website moneyanswers.com okay uh, i've got a little video about that okay and basically i link them to the the ultimate experts on this area and how it works and how you'd personalize it for your own are these people at truthandequity.com who i've referred something over 50,000 people to to help with this and you know it's always exactly the same arc that you've gone through never heard about this before sounds too good to be true interested, involves, implemented evangelists. <laughs> That's basically the way it works. It's like, wow, what have I been doing with my whole life? I've been paying interest to the bank that was totally unnecessary. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And and really the power putting this in place is, is phenomenal. You know, to cut down a 30-year mortgage to, you know, five, six, seven years is unbelievable. And you can see why the banks don't want people to know about this, right? Well, yeah, it cuts into their, their profit. Hugely. Yeah, right. big time. The interest that you are not paying is interest they're not receiving. Exactly. So changing gears here, Jordan, you, you, before we got on this uh, recording, you had mentioned briefly you've got a project going on commercialrealestateincomefunds.com. Right. So just take a so minute and tell us about thing. this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for people who want completely passive ways of receiving secured real estate income, there are funds that do that. And there's a website for that, Commercial Real Estate Income Funds, with an S, dot com, funds. So what they do is they make loans, short-term loans, one year, 18 months, something like that, to high-quality commercial real estate developers who use it to either renovate existing properties or build new ones, all different kinds of commercial properties. They give them a slightly lower interest rate in return for a piece of the profits when the building is ultimately sold, typically 18 months later. So you as an investor get 8% annualized rate, paid monthly, get monthly checks, which you could either take if you want to live off the income or reinvest, compounding your money at 8%. Starting 18 months later, you get a profit-sharing distribution when these buildings are sold at a profit. So that's another maybe 2 or 3%, something like that. So it could be a total of like 10 11%. And then you can stay in the fund as long as you like. The minimum hold time is 18 months. And after that, you can get out whenever you like. No fees, commissions of any kind. No management fees. Because the way the management of these funds make money is they're earning a higher rate of return than 8%. They may be earning 12 or 13 or something like that, only on the back end after they've performed. So they make their fees after it's already been profitable. But you, the investor, get what's called a preference. In other words, you get... 8% first before the management gets anything. So in this environment where you get zero on CDs, money market funds, treasury bills, savings accounts, to be earning 8% in a very secure way is a good thing. <laughs> it's a lot of, and the very volatile markets we've had with all the craziness going on in the world lately. I agree. Um, so it's completely passive. You don't have to buy real estate. You just send them a check. The minimum investment, by the way, is 25000 And you send them a check and you start getting checks month one. You can do it inside an IRA. You can do it outside an IRA, both ways. But 100% of the money you invest is getting the 8% plus the profit sharing. So I've been putting money into something like that. And that might, might be of interest to some of your listeners who want to invest in real estate but don't want to actually go buy homes and collect rents. and do. That's what I would call active investing. This is completely passive. You write them a check, you get checks automatically done. Yeah, some people might be interested in that. We run a, a fund on 
uh, first position private notes, and we have a lot of people who express interest in that too. So yeah, yeah, it, it's it's about as passive as it can get with a hard asset underlying it as collateral. And so. you are secured. And the most the That's maximum right. they're going to lend against the properties is typically sixty five percent of the value of the property. So called loan to value yeah. is maximum sixty five percent. That's correct. Yeah, that's a mix. It's a mix geographically, about thirty or forty different projects all over the country. And it's a mix of property types. So there'll be some apartment buildings. There might be assisted living. There could be some office buildings, shopping centers, medical buildings, a, a mix of all different property types. Sure. Half of which are being renovated and improved, half which are new construction. But they know in advance what the disposition is going to be and why they're going to – because they're adding value, they'll be able to sell it at a high rate. I'll just give you one example, Marco, if that would be help, helpful. Sure. I did one recently where there was a guy who had a big house in a university town that he was renting out to two students. So he went and took a bridge loan from these folks, renovated the house, so now he could have four apartments instead of two. So he had to put in four kitchens and four bathrooms. You know, it was a bit of a construction project. He went to a local bank. They rebuffed him. Banks don't like these kind of things at all. And so he went and got a bridge loan from this fund. Now, a year later, he's got four apartments instead of two. He's doubled his income for life. So it was worth it for him to pay an interest rate of whatever, 10 11% for a year. And he knew in advance that once this is done, he's going to be able to rent it out to four students, and he couldn't get a loan from a local bank. So that's a typical example where he's adding value and knowing for sure in advance his income is going to be higher because of the way he's improved an existing building. Well, Jordan, you're the author of Master Your Debt. Great book. Thank you for the uh, copy. Tell our listeners how they can find you and get more sure. information. So my website is moneyanswers.com. Got loads of links and videos and all kinds of things on there. And I'm glad to take emails from your listeners as well. There's a little Ask Jordan box and a button there. And love to help people in all these different ways. This is just a small sample of the kind of resources I can offer people to help them in all aspects of personal finance. Not only real estate, but credit cards and insurance and investing and all kinds of different things. That's why I'm the money answers man. I love to help people answer their questions. That's great. This has been powerful stuff today. So I, I'm hoping that our listeners take advantage of it. Me too. Well, thanks for being on the show, Jordan. I'm sure we'll have you back on down the road, and we appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Marco. Appreciate it. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.